Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today I'm going to go over my AEW Dynamite Road Rager review. Starting off the evening, we're going to our first match of the night. It is QT Marshall versus Cody Rhodes in a strap match. Um, number one, this was a really good match. Pretty much a back-and-forth matchup between both QT and Cody. Dustin then attacks uh, Aaron Solo because Aaron Solo gets involved into the match. Then all of a sudden, the lights go out. Uh, lights come back on. QT then hits a diamond cutter off the top rope on Cody. that looked absolutely devastating. Cody then gets up, hits three crossroads on QT Marshall. Q, uh, Cody then goes to touch all four corners of the ring post. And your winner of the match is Cody Rhodes. Again, this was a really good opening match. Now, credit, I'm not big on the whole concept of a strap match. I uh, never really have been. I know some people might out there might love the strap matches. Um, I'm not really a big fan of them, but I think this was something that kind of closed off the storyline between uh, QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes. And I will get to that later on in this podcast. But hats off to Cody Rhodes for securing the win in that match. Moving on from that, we have a Tony Schiavone interview with the AEW World Heavyweight Champion himself, Kenny Omega. Um, obviously, Kenny Omega is, um, comes down to the ring with Don Callis. Don Callis says Omega has made history. He's won championships all over the world. Uh, crowd chance, you got fired because obviously Don Callis has gotten fired from Impact Wrestling. Uh, Dark Order then arrive. Evil Uno is in the ring. Tells uh, Kenny Omega why does he keep ducking Adam Page. All of a sudden, then Dark Order ends up attacking Omega. Adam Page then comes down to the ring. Page then attacks Anderson and Gallows. And that is the end of that little interview slash segment, if you will. Um, I predicted this a while back ago. It does look like Adam Page will possibly challenge Kenny Omega at All Out. Um, obviously, there's that storyline still going strong. And that storyline's not finished yet, uh, in my honest opinion. And I think it's I think it's Adam Page's turn, you know, opportunity to have the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, and I think it's something where they could put that company on his back. The, the crowd absolutely loves Adam Page. Um, I think it's time for him to be World Heavyweight Champion for sure. So definitely looking forward to what's going to happen next between Adam Page and Kenny Omega. Moving on from that, we go into our next schedule match on the card. It is FTR and Warlow versus Jake Hager, Santana, and Ortiz. Uh, the match itself, pretty much a back-and-forth matchup between both teams. Uh, Ortiz and Santana were keeping the pace of the match. Hager then puts Warlow in some kind of uh, ankle lock. FTR then hit a big rig on Jake uh, Jake Hager, pin him for the three, and your winner of the match is FTR and Warlow. After the match, though, it's shown that FTR and Warlow end up attacking Conan. Um, it looks like, obviously, the storyline between Inner Circle and Pinnacle is far from over. Um, and I think it's some of the best stuff they could, you know, they have right now on AEW. Um, that's going to be an ongoing storyline that's going to last for a very long time between both those stables. So definitely looking forward to what's going to happen next between Pinnacle and Inner Circle. Um, after that, it was announced that next week, John Moxley will be returning to face Carl Anderson, and Moxley will be defending the IWGP United States Championship, I believe, at Fighter Fest Night 1. So um, definitely looking forward to it, man. Um, obviously, everybody's going to be excited to see John Moxley uh, return. Um, to the ring. It seems like the last time he was wrestling was at Double or Nothing when he had that tag match with him and Kingston versus the Young Bucks. Um, so I'm very excited to see John Moxley back, man, and get back into the fold of things. So it's going to be pretty exciting to see him next week. Uh, after that, we have a Jericho and MJF face-off. Um, pretty much it's the stipulation of MJF's uh, match with Jericho. Um, but before they even get started with saying anything, some crazy fan jumped the barricade to attack MJF. 
Um, look, man, I, you know, I understand that there's going to be fans out there that are not going to be, you know, loving either Chris Jericho or MJF, but there is absolutely no need to jump the barricade and attack these pro wrestlers. You, I mean, you guys, you guys don't know what these people do, man. These guys could be trained MMA, trained boxing, and you guys are going to jump the, you know, jump the barricade. If you do that, that's what's going to happen. You're going to get escorted out of the building, and then you're probably no longer welcome at an AEW show for its entirety. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to do that. Um, and that was one of the things that kind of ticked me off because I do remember the Bret Hart, I believe, Hall of Fame speech, or I think Hall of, uh, Bret Hart was inducting somebody into the Hall of Fame. I think it might have been uh, Jim the Anvil Nighthart, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and someone had rushed Bret Hart when he was on the stage giving his speech. So people just need to calm down and relax with that stuff, man. It's absolutely insane. Uh, but Jericho in the segment said that, you know, he should have let the guy beat him up, which everybody was laughing. Jericho said he has to face um, – was told that he has to face four people that MJF pick. Obviously, I feel like those four people are going to be members of Pinnacle um, in different stipulations and different matches. And if Jericho gets through all four of those, then he would finally have the opportunity to go one-on-one with MJF. Uh, after that was said, Jericho gets up from the table, hits a Judas effect on MJF. So it definitely looks like we're going to have some matches coming up with Jericho and possibly members of Pinnacle. Um, looks like Jericho probably will get through them and finally face MJF, maybe possibly at all out. So again, I'm very much looking forward to it. Moving on from that, we go into our next schedule match on the card. It is Matt Seidel versus Andrade El Idolo. He's making his in-ring debut for Dynamite. Um, the match itself is back and forth matchup, which I was actually surprised with. I thought Andrade was going to wipe the floor with Matt Seidel. Uh, Andrade was keeping the pace of the match. Andrade ultimately hits the finish on Matt Seidel, pinning him for the three. And your winner of the match is Andrade El Idolo. Um, to be honest, it was great to see Andrade back in the back in the ring. Um, it looks like there was some ring rust, though, man, to be honest with you. Uh, there was a couple little small botches here and there. I'm not going to really nitpick too much about it. Um but I, I, to me, honestly, I thought Andrade was going to wipe the floor with Matt Seidel. Now, I'm not going to take anything away from Seidel. He's top five contender, um, what they were saying last night. But um, I thought they were just going to build Andrade into this machine, man, where he was just going to wipe the floor with Matt Seidel. And that really wasn't the case. But um, hats off to Andrade for getting the win in this match. And, again, everybody's waiting for this big surprise that he's supposed to be bringing over with him to AEW. So that's still yet to be seen. But uh, hats off uh, to him for getting the win in his first official match under the AEW banner. Moving on from that, we have another interview with Tony Schiavone interviewing Arn Anderson. Um, Arn goes to talk, you know, said that he's happy to see the fans back, that he's missed them. Um, And then all of a sudden the lights go out. And when the lights come back on, it is none other than Aleister Black. That is right, ladies and gentlemen, Aleister Black, a.k.a. Tommy N., a.k.a. Malachi Black, has shown up at AEW Dynamite. He ends up hitting a black mask on Arn Anderson. Cody shows up as well. Cody, uh, Alistair ends up hitting, or Malachi, if you will, hits another black mask on Cody Rhodes, takes both Arn Anderson and Cody Rhodes out. Um, When this happened, man, I went off. I was completely excited. Um, He was definitely one of those guys, once he got released from WWE, um, that I wanted Dynamite to really go after as well as Samoa Joe, obviously Andrade. Um, but Alistair was definitely on my list. I think he can bring a whole new kind of wrestling regiment to AEW. Um, I'm glad to, I'm glad to see him here. You know, I'm, obviously he has the, the character he has, Malachi Black, is great. It's more of a sinister look, if you will. 
Um, almost a knockoff on his last character that he had in WWE, but obviously he can't use that name. He's going with Malachi Black. Um, I'm all for it, man. I, I think Aleister Black has a lot left in the tank. I, there's a lot of matches with AEW right now that would be great matches. Him versus Darby Allen, him versus Omega, rematches with Andrade. Cody, obviously, is going to be a really interesting matchup. Um, and that's just honestly to name a few, to be honest with you. There's a lot. Uh, him and John Moxley. Lance Archer, uh, there's a lot of interesting matches on the table for um, Malachi Black or Tommy N, if you will, in All Elite Wrestling. So I was immensely surprised that he showed up last night. Uh, he received a humongous pop when he showed up on the crowd. So I'm all for it, man. I'm definitely looking forward to what's going to happen with him next. Looks like obviously there's going to be some kind of storyline started here between him and Cody Rhodes. That I think is absolutely fantastic. It gives Cody a new storyline, moves on from QT Marshall. And then we get a fresh storyline with him and Malachi Black. So I am all for it, man. It was a really, really cool moment. But moving on from that, we go into our next schedule match on the card as well. It is Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander versus The Blade and The Bunny. Um, the match itself is a really good match. Cassidy and Statlander were obviously keeping the pace of the match. Chris then hits a devastating 450 splash off the top rope on uh, Blade, which was insane. Uh, Blade then hits Orange Cassidy with brass knuckles with the referee being distracted. And then Statlander ultimately hits the finish on Bunny, pins her for the three, and your winners of the match are Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. Um, again, this was a decent match. Now, I don't know what's going to happen between Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. I feel like they kind of pigeonholed themselves with booking Orange Cassidy right now. I feel like they really don't have anything for him right now on the books. And, I mean, I'm not saying that's a shame or anything like that. Orange Cassidy is a phenomenal athlete, a great competitor, and he's a humongous name for Dynamite. Um, I just hope they put him in another storyline with somebody else, man. Um, I think Orange Cassidy has a lot to bring to the table and possibly, if not a future world champion for all elite wrestling. So hats off to both Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander for getting the win in this match. And after, I mean, honestly, too, man, the other thing I was going to say is that Dynamite last night as a whole, Road Ranger, man, it was just absolutely insane. I thought it was a great event, too, man, to be honest with you. But uh, moving on from that, we go into the main event of the evening it is Eddie Kingston and Penta L Zero versus the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team Championships in a street fight. Uh, again, this match was absolutely awesome. Um, Eddie and Penta were pretty much attacked the Young Bucks after their whole in-ring, you know, three, uh, theatrics, if you will. Uh, Eddie and Penta were pretty much keeping the pace after the attack. Penta then hits a Canadian Destroyer off the apron on Math Three table on the outside. It looked absolutely devastating. Nick then hits a Santana off the top rope. On Eddie with a trash can. Nick then hits a 450 splash off the top rope on the ref. Good brothers show up. Kazarian then is here. Kazarian then puts Cutler through a table on the outside. Nick then hits a hurricane runner on Penta on top of thumbtacks that look absolutely brutal. Young Bucks then hit a super kick on Eddie Kingston. Pin for the three, and your winners of the match and still AEW World Tag Team Champions are the Young Bucks. Again, man, this was a phenomenal match. It, it really was. This was a great night, in my honest opinion, for Dynamite. It really was. I mean, from top to bottom, obviously the humongous surprise from Aleister Black was, I mean, huge. I mean, just the stuff that they were doing on that show last night was just great. And not only that, man, it was great to see the fans back in attendance, not at Daly's Place, um, and just, you know, having some new eyes on the product and then – being in a new arena, you know, obviously the pandemic has put a lot of, you know, pro wrestling companies on hold, you know, and they've stayed at one place for 15 months. It seemed like, you know, obviously WWE 
being it was at Tropicana Field, they were there with the uh, you know the SmackDown and Raw shows, and then you had uh, NXT with the Performance Center. Um, a lot of the WWE pay per views, I believe, were at the Performance Center as well. Um, and then you had Dynamite, which they were still obviously running shows where pretty much where all their shows were run out of the Performance Center. I mean, out of the Performance Center, out of Daly's place um, for like 15 months. And it was absolutely insane. So th- this was like their first live show out of Daly's place in over 15 months, you know. And after the last Dynamite they had at Daly's place, they put on that great video package, um, you know, showing everything that happened at Daly's place. Obviously, the debut of Sting, which was huge. Um, obviously a lot of special moments with Brody Lee, um, which is, is that in itself is crazy, man. I mean, that guy, all his dynamite career was at Daly's place, you know, pretty much, um, as far as him being an AEW talent and, uh, a talent that's going to be very missed, man. And, um, it's just crazy how much time they were at that location and the amount of shows they put on and all the crazy stuff that happened FTR, you know, it was just insane, man. Um, but as far as Road Rager as a whole, man, from one out of ten, if I had to get a ra- give it a rating, I'm going to say like seven and a half, close to eight. I think it was a really good show, a lot of good matches. Um, obviously, Malachi Black showing up or Tommy N, if you will, showing up on Dynamite was absolutely huge. Um, and you know, sky's the limit for him in Dynamite. Honestly, man, I think there's a lot of good things that he can do. You know, if they ever made a segment or a match between him and Darby Allen, I think you can do a theatrical match, if you will, if you wanted to. Um, and make it kind of eerie, almost as if kind of a knockoff of Sting and Vampiro when uh, they had their little storyline going on in WCW back in the day. Um, there's a lot of crazy angles that you could put Aleister Black in with AEW or Tommy End, if you will. Um, a lot of good matches on the table. So it's great seeing him on Dynamite. And, you know, obviously, you know, he's mentioned that he wants to work with New Japan as well. So that's like right up his alley, you know, working with Tony Khan and Dynamite and the working relationship that they have, obviously, with New Japan, especially with John Moxley defending the IWGP United States Championship on Dynamite, um, is great. You know, obviously, the next couple of weeks are going to be pretty stacked for AEW. they got Fighter Fest coming up, Night 1 and Night 2. Fight for the Fallen is coming up as well. So things are going to start getting rolling here with um, with Dynamite. You know, obviously, now they're back with live crowds. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see another surprise here soon. You know, obviously, Tessa Blanchard and Daga, their names are still out there. I don't know exactly what they're doing. I know they were in talks with Tony Khan. Um, she would be a great addition to the roster as well. That women's roster for AEW is one of the biggest things that's lacking, especially in depth on that roster. They definitely need more women on that roster to build that women's roster and give us better storylines and different matches, if not better matches. You know, we can't keep getting the same women's matches every single time. Whether Britt Baker, Nala Rose, Sheeta Baker. Now the Rose and Sheeta, we need something else. We need something fresh. We need something more than what they're giving us as far as the women's roster is concerned. But um, as far as a rating for this show, I mean, I had to give it a seven and a half to eight. This was a great show. I'm not going to say it was the best show, um, but it was close to it, in my honest opinion. I think there's a lot of potential still left with Dynamite. Um, obviously, you know, they have that big show coming up with uh, AEW Rampage coming up in August. You know, and Mark Henry is going to be on commentary for that show. So the sky's the limit right now for Dynamite, man. And a lot of people want to work with Dynamite. It seems like, um, you know, they're not really kind of handcuffed, if you will, in WWE where they can't really have their own creative freedom. Um, and I think that's going to be perfect for Aleister Black. You know, I think the guy has a lot of ideas. You know, obviously, if anybody watches his um, Twitch channel, you know, when he talked about getting released. From WWE, he had a lot of ideas and different scenarios that he wanted to run by Vince McMahon that he wanted to do. 
you know, and give his um, his take on what, you know, what he wanted to do with the Aleister Black character himself. And a lot of them are really good ideas. You know, the the last character that he had before he was released, where he was having a storyline with Big E, I mean, it was great. You know, they were building, grooming him in to be the next Intercontinental Champion, in my honest opinion. You know, him obviously beefing with uh, Big E, you know, and obviously that storyline is never going to happen now. Now that Big E's still on the main roster and then, you know, Tommy N showed up last night on Dynamite. So it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen, man. And I told you guys this before, man, Dynamite, you know, July, August, September. I mean, it's going to start really, really heating up for Dynamite, man. There's going to be a lot more stuff going on. Obviously, the big pay-per-view coming up with All Out or All In. I think it's All Out for um, in Chicago. It's, I think it's September 5th. Um, it's gonna be a great show, man. I think it's gonna be an awesome show. Now that you, I, it just the stuff they're doing, man. And if you go back in like the history books of pro wrestling, you look at like how Raw and, and WCW were back in the day. It's it, it kind of gives me the same feel, man. And I'm not trying to you know say it's the same thing, but it kind of is, man. I mean, it's having you know back in the day with WCW, you had guys that wrestled for WWE show up on Nitro the next night. Lex Luger, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, you know, the, all these guys that wrestled in WWE as like Razor, Diesel, you know, Lex Express. Lex Luger was like, you know, doing his thing over at WWF at the time, having matches with Yokozuna. You know, they were building him up to be the next Hulk Hogan. And they really were. It was never going to happen, but they were trying. Um, Hogan going over from WWF to WCW was huge. And I'm not saying we're getting any big names like that. Um, but, you know, there's still some free agents out there, man. Number one is Daniel Bryan. Uh, Bryan Danielson, I, I don't know if he is still in talks with WWE on signing a contract or not. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, he's been gone since April. You know, so he's been gone for over almost two months, it seems like. And there's no decision on what he's doing. They're obviously going back into live audience. Maybe he's waiting until they go live for him to return. I don't know. Um, but... If I was Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson, I would consider what Dynamite's doing right now. And if he wants to have some of these dream matches, like he wants to match with Kenny Omega and stuff like that, this will be the time. If he's looking to have another one little solid run or be a part-timer, if you will, um, and spend more time, obviously, with his family and Brie Bella and stuff like that, that's completely understandable. And I feel like he can do that with Dynamite and still have the dream matches that he wants. He still wants to wrestle in Japan. He wants to wrestle Kenny Omega. Buddy, you can do all that working under Tony Khan. You know, Antonio Khan has an open relationship with New Japan, Impact Wrestling. I mean, he can have any kind of match he wants as long as he's working under Tony Khan. You know, and why wouldn't you? I mean, Tony Khan right now, AEW is the only American company out there right now that's on a prime TV slot being on TNT or TBS next year. Impact Wrestling doesn't have a TV deal. And Ring of Honor, I don't even think they have a TV deal. I think they're on like local TV or something like that. You know, and I'm not knocking the talent from Ring of Honor. They just don't have a TV deal. Neither does Impact Wrestling. And they, and they both, both those companies have phenomenal talent. Roosh for Ring of Honor, great. PCO, Ring of Honor, great. I believe Brody King still wrestles for them. Flip Gordon, uh, Matt Taven, you know, Kenny King. Those are just a select few of names that work for Ring of Honor that are really good talent. Impact, obviously, Sammy Callahan, Moose, uh, Jordan Grace, Deanna Perrazzo. You know, they have really good talent. Uh, Eddie Edwards. You know, they have really good talent. You know, so if Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson were to work with Dynamite, I mean, the door's open, man. That for, that forbidden door is completely open working with Tony Khan. So, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it just was a great night. 
in my honest opinion. I think Dynamite really was a really good night, obviously being in front of a live fan base somewhere else besides Daily Place. They wanted to give a crowd something they could hold on to and chew on, and that's what we got in Aleister Black last night. You know, everybody's buzzing on what's going to happen with him next. What's he going to say? What you know? Why is he here? You know, it just gets the people buzzing, man. That's one thing I love about Dynamite, man. It keeps you in tune. It keeps you interested. You know, it's not the same stuff every single time. And the storylines they're invested in, heavy. You know, so I'm all for it, man. I think Dynamite last night was a seven and a half, if not an eight. But um, this is my review of AEW Dynamite Road Rager. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful and remember, stay classic. Peace.